0: This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Myzel. Happy Hump Day, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games And practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week so how do you stay on top of all of this excitement regarding the tampa bay lightning you download the odyssey app you search pucks and bolts you hit the auto download button so all of these brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you also don't be selfish guys Share it with friends, family, other hockey fans, because who doesn't want to talk about or at least keep up to date with the Tampa Bay Lightning? I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Now, last time you guys joined us here on Pucks and Bolts, we were kind of breaking down that road trip, two wins, two losses, a little bit of a wayward performance versus the Vegas Golden Knights, and we know that this is not a team that racks up in the losing column it's rare if ever that they lose more than back-to-back games so we knew that the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to hit home ice with a chip on their shoulder I can't exactly say that that's how last night's game completely went by flow before we get into everything with last night's matchup, as the Bolts hosted the Anaheim, D- the Anaheim Ducks, excuse me, guys. Um, beforehand, Eric Chernak was listed as day-to-day with an upper-body injury. He finally made his bounce back onto the ice, and he had some visitors from his home team in Slovakia that kind of cheered him on. He's signing things after practice or morning skate, and that just kind of revved him up to realize the. The impact that he's not only had back home, hometown, community, and on these guys, but they were big fans of the Lightning because of Eric as well. So it was really cool to see that after morning skate yesterday with Chernak back in the lineup, Cal foot was a healthy scratch. That was maybe not only because Chernak was healthy, but also because of some of the trade rumors that we are keeping a pulse on Ed Encina made a point last time when he was on to say that, look they might be kind of vetting him. They might be displaying him so that other teams can see what he has to offer in order to pick him up. If you guys missed that episode, go back and check that out. Ed and Cena had some great insight on Calfoot and some takes for the trade deadline coming up on March 3rd. And last but not least, before we get entirely into the takeaways of last night's game, yesterday there was a ceremony. Puck Drop as they honored and acknowledged the Divine Nine. This is the Black community's sororities and fraternities that give back to the community. They were also presented as the community hero, given a $50,000 check. And they also had a 100-year-old military vet part of the anthem and the ceremonial Puck Drop as well. So that was extraordinary to see. Um, of course, we all know how the NHL community the NH- the NHL as a whole are trying to continue to make strides when it comes to saying that hockey is for everyone. So, great little ceremony to kick things off yesterday and just to kind of radiate throughout the game. I've never seen so many healthy individuals over the age of 90 years old which is tremendous and of oh, as you guys know as a military brat, I love seeing anything that commemorates and honors the military. So, to see that as a whole was just spectacular last night. So, three big things In the breakout before we get into the matchup that was the Ducks versus the Bolts, which now leads us in to our three takeaways from last night's game. As I mentioned, the Bolts were coming off of two straight losses, and they are known to dial things up after two straight losses. That first period was sloppy, though. It was as if they still Hadn't had their legs underneath them. They left them in Las Vegas. It took them a while to get in any sort of structure. And I wouldn't even blame it on the early penalties. It was bad passing. It was a lack of communication. It was just a lot of things that were not clicking in that first period. Um, Almost made it look like the Ducks had a chance to seal a win and and get out of here. So in that first period alone, when it came to putting up shots on goal, they were losing in the face-off circle. Uh, They were putting a lot of pressure On the shoulders of Vasilevsky. Thankfully, he was having a much stronger game than he did on Saturday. He was able to keep it at 0 0. Halfway through that first period, as tough as it was to watch, there was eventually that ice tilt, and it came from the third line, which takes us into our first takeaway from yesterday's matchup. Takeaway number one, the third line being Ross Colton, Nick Paul, and Pat Maroon. If it wasn't for the relentless effort, then there would have been no reward. The relentless get rewarded as Nick Paul hits about a little over 16 minutes time on ice, Ross Colton slightly under 16 minutes, and of course Pat Maroon comes in at about 9 minutes and some change, but it was the fact that they kept generating and adding so much pressure. They had extensive offensive zone time and it was Nick Paul who just finally went for it, opens the scoring in the second period and gets things going creating the momentum swing it was funny because after the game nick paul mentioned that you know he was sitting down with phil at dinner the other day and he was like you need to just shoot you're holding your stick a little too tight so that was his goal heading into last night's game just to shoot the puck and that finally paid off now why this is so significant we talked about it on monday kind of the foundation of the lines that the bolts have put in play here at least the foundation they'll come back to when they're thrown in the blunder. And that foundation starts with, you know, Nick, Paul, Ross Colton and Pat Maroon on that third line. And Nick Paul was saying yesterday after the game, that third line has a duty to be the momentum swinger to generate and get things going when, you know, there's so much monotony happening on the ice. And that's what we saw in the first period. Nothing really giving shots on goal, weren't landing. And then finally it comes down to Nick Paul with an assist from Nick perfect. So all this to say that we've talked about Ross Colton, stepping up his game and being such an antagonist on the ice, having an extra layer of physicality to his game and finally finding those sweet spots to get those shots on goal. And, that You can always rely on him in those tough moments, but he's starting to finally get back into the swing of things. And we've talked about Pat Maroon the last few episodes and what he brings to this team, not only as a leader, but kind of the game that he inspires on that third line. He has a great way of getting the puck back to his line mates and kind of keeping them in, in ozone play and ozone momentum. So it's the third line that really got things going. They were relentless heading it towards the end of that first period, opening up that second period, and then they finally got rewarded thanks to Nick Paul from Nick Purbix. Uh, with that, in that comeback period of the second period, it was four goals within six minutes. So Nick Paul also talked about the importance of the third line creating that momentum swing, and that's exactly what he did because moments after he opens the scoring, both go on a power play, and it's Ross Colton in, in that second unit that get on the board and make it 2-0. This ties back into the fact that it's the second power play unit for the Bolts that have been kind of the spark out there. They were actually the first unit sent out on the power play. Um, And Ross Colton, as he's getting his footing, it's Mikhail Sergachev who has top leadership qualities on the power play. We saw that when Victor Hedman went down earlier in the season with his upper body injury, after the West Coast tour that Mikhail Sergachev was tapped on the shoulder to step up and fill the shoes of somebody who's such a dynamic player. So seeing that second unit be able to be relied on and to take control is not surprising. And it's perfect timing as we always talk about that second half of the season gunning towards playoffs, it's crucial to see these other guys get involved and to get on the board. So Perbix opens or Perbix assists to Nick Paul to open the scoring. Then you've got Ross Colton on the power play from Mikhail Sergachev, as we discuss, and they create the entire momentum swing that helps the Bulls start getting pucks on net. Now, it was so funny because we were sitting there talking with a few colleagues in the press box and from three minutes and the f- end of the first period, um, 22 minutes and 18 seconds later, they held off the Anaheim Ducks from putting one shot on goal, not one shot on goal. So they went from a mess of a performance in the beginning of the first period to completely shutting them down defensively, keeping them out of any sort of structure. And that all is credited to that third line before everyone else starts getting involved. So that's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, if I haven't given it away, it's Perbex commands the ice You've heard us talk about Nick Perbix Nick at nauseam here, um, pucks and bolts. But yesterday's performance specifically has to be talked about for a number of reasons. He closed out the night with three points, three assists, and it was just the the composure that he was able to play with. We talk about how smart a guy like Nick Perbix is. The spri- the surprise that you know, was unexpected. He was just supposed to fill in for Bogosian while he was out with injury and getting ready to bounce back. And then he turns out to be a guy that really fits in this system. Now, even though we talk about his hockey IQ and his smarts, it's his ability to slow down the game. That's what we saw so specifically last night is that perbix commands the blue line. He knows how to slow down the game. He doesn't get flustered in any sort of small, like, small spaces. Um, and he works well to distribute the puck. That's how he picks up three assists last night that really put the game in favor of the Lightning that weren't having a favorable game to begin with. Um, Perbix had a, I think he's all, he tied his career high for three points in a night. And some of his highlights, not only being an, a alone assist on Nick Paul's goal, it was also an assist that he picked up on Anthony Sorelli's goal. Another guy who's starting to pick up pace in the second half of the season. Um, he charges down the right side of the ice, finds Anthony Sorelli open Sorelli makes a backhanded goal and helps extend the bolts lead. That's where they went up to three zero, but it was the way that he was able to just skate past everyone on the right side. It was the, the fact that he's so calm and collected and unbothered and unfazed. He doesn't really make a lot of mistakes when it comes to passing errors. And I think that's huge when a team has a tendency to load up in the giveaway column, which was part of their issue in the first period. So, Perfix takes that second takeaway. His game just continues to step up. And yes, even though it's the Anaheim Ducks, I think they sit at like a minus 101 point differential or right now, which says a lot about them as a team. But, you know, he did it early in January. He's done it now, and he continues to learn so much. And that's with him also being paired with Ian Cole versus Mikhail Sergachev, who's somebody who helped teach him so much and help him get acclimated and the bold structure And system. So takeaway number two, Nick Perbex commands the ice. And then takeaway number three from last night's game is a bolt shine when defensemen get involved. Uh, Zach Wigosian picks up his first goal of the season. And the last high scoring season, I mean, we're talking about a defenseman here, that Zach Wigosian had was actually 2009 to 2010 when he played for Atlanta. Um, 81 games, picked up 10 goals now. Bogosian hasn't always been the healthiest hockey player, so you're looking at a guy statistically who's always kind of averaged maybe 40 to 50 games in a season. That can also play into your goal tally. But he does so well at pushing the puck forward, but he's such a physical presence. I mean, he lays up the hits. He used to kind of lead in hits on a couple of different teams that he has been associated with, and that was huge for him because he had three goals last season, but prior to that he had two scoreless seasons. His first season in Tampa Bay, his season with Toronto, and then he came back to the Lightning last year. So to see Bogosian get on the board was not only something to be celebrated, but it was quite crucial because he's been paired with Victor Hedman for the last month and a half, two months. We got a chance to ask Victor Hedman, you know, what it's been like skating with him again. And he was just saying that Bogosian has been a different presence on the ice Lately, which you can see so clearly. Uh, Victor Hedman has the freedom to play in the unorthodox form and fashion that he gets to play in and completely trust Zach Bogosian. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more goals come from him. Also, he led the team in shots on goal last night. Uh, Zach Bogosian had five shots on goal. Victor Hedman had four shots on goal. Sergeyev, four shots on goal. Ian Cole, three. Nick Perbix, three. And Eric Chernak with just one. So, taking it back to the overall takeaway of the bolt shine when the defensemen get involved. When your defensemen are putting shots on goal and adding to that tally, especially at such a like high rate, this team just tends to function so much better. So there weren't many shots getting off in the beginning of that first period, and then you started to see things pick up. Actually, it started with Eric Chernak and his one shot on goal, and then that pivoted over to Nick Perbeck's Mikhail Sergachev, and so on and so forth. I thought Victor Hedman was going to get – in the goal column last night, but it did not work out. That first power play unit is still kind of overpassing and still trying to find that, that, that click, that spark. So I wouldn't be surprised if things get ready to change here when the Bolts have practice this week. But outside of that, things are starting to move along. Second power play unit, the bottom six are moving. The core foundation of these lines and what they're turning out to be, they're helping get the Bolts, Ws, and get them over those lines. Um, coming up next, they have got – Division rival, maybe not so much of a rivalry, but a game that counts and will be extremely significant. It's the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday night. And if they can add anything that they did from the second period to the third period and carry it over into Thursday's matchup, then they should be good to walk away with another W. Um, the significance of them being able to rely on their defensemen is that with that trade di- deadline coming up, with the conversations of Calfoot potentially being traded and who they might bring in next. Are they going to add to depth defense-wise? Or are they going to need another score? Health is playing a huge factor in the fact that the Bolts don't have to jump at any opportunities and options. So the Bolts defensemen stepping up at this time period, the only thing I would say critically is that Ian Cole's got to dial back on the stupid penalties. That was almost very costly for them and the first period. But other than that, Zach Bogosian, Victor Hedman stellar pairing right now, Sergeyev and Chernak. We've seen them work together here and there throughout their years at the Tampa Bay lightning. And Nick Kerbix is starting to find his own identity and his stride in this team, in this structure. And it's a great thing to see. So the defensemen actually were the guys that stepped up and helped that third line command the game, take things over and help the bull pull off a six one victory. Now, Vasilevsky almost had that shutout. Not a takeaway, but to think that he's only had one shutout this season is nearly criminal. Hopefully, the Bolts can help him secure another shutout besides the one versus Colorado almost two weeks ago at this point. But we do have to speak about the fact that Vasilevsky really stood on his head yesterday. I mean, the saves that he made to make sure that the Bolts did not completely give this game away was insane. You can't really say it enough, even though there's no other way to say it than just saying that Vasilevsky is so impressive between the pipes and a huge, huge factor as to why the Bolts tend to find success. So I wish that he would have got that shutout last night, but still a 6-1 victory is better than nothing. And 13 Lightning players. It's all recorded a point last night. And also to think that they're just getting started, that fourth line we've talked about, the groove that they're getting into. Corey Perry jamming up the front of the net. He always has a a, a presence in front of the net. And we're starting to see consistency in all of that. But that was on takeaways of the last Pucks and Bolts episode. If you missed it, go catch it. And the best way, as always, to stay up to date on all things with the Tampa Bay Lightning is to download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts. Hit the auto download button and have all these brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. These are my three takeaways from last night's 6-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. And coming up next, the Buffalo Sabres and a sweet guest on Friday. So download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit that auto download button and stay up to date on all brand new episodes coming your way. Thank you so much for joining me here on Pucks and Bolts, and we'll catch you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.